honestly, uh, Nick, why don't you and you, you yeah, you I'll, introduce I, the I've, show? I've got uh, I've got some thoughts. So first, I'd like mm-hmm. to say thank you for uh, inviting me to be a part of uh, this Nick Cage movie podcast. Yeah, this do you is know the movie- name of the podcast. Is this Heat Seeking Panther? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, I've heard of Heat Seeking Panther. Uh-huh. Um, so you're in the Panther I, Den right now. So first, I would like to thank you for having me on Heat Seeking Panther. It's funny because I want to thank you, Sick Fisher, for oh, guesting cool. on on Heat Seeking Panther. Awesome. Well, I saw a movie that I wouldn't have watched otherwise because yeah. he just he just has so many right now, and I, yeah, I, I'm I mean, always down. You're, you're here because we were talking about a better movie. I don't, we, well, we were talking mm. about like Mandy and Color Out of Space. And that's uh, fair enough, but that's not what we started with. I don't know if you remember. We, no, what were we talking about? I texted you randomly after re watching City of Angels on tape here <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> right. And I had oh, so many, no, that movie. I had so many thoughts that I had to reach out to someone yeah. I knew who did, uh, you know, who took this much. Um, thought uh, uh on the on the matter so that I, that's how i remember you had to remind me of of things from that movie because um at this point all of my memory of nick cage movies has just turned into a slurry in my head that's <laughs> just... that's really funny to think of how many uh personas and things you've got swirling about here like his whole thing okay approaching a hundred it's impossible to keep track of them all honestly and i actually get into a thing where i now am watching them uh and they're so unmemorable and bland that i actually don't retain like the difference between this movie that we just watched and the last three or four that we just watched are like yes almost incomprehensible from each other in 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 my own mind right <laughs> yeah, now it's like it's like a an experiment that we're doing on ourselves <laughs> like you're <laughs> watching the same movie over and over again it's a weird uh like like uh it's it's the kind of thing where you'll you'll watch a movie and be like oh i've i've seen this before but i can't like talk to anyone else about why it's the same movie because no one has seen all of these movies before you know what i mean <laughs> Did, yeah. did you see did you see the IMDb trivia that said that this was the seventh movie seventh? that Cage has been in where his name his character's name is John? Yes. <laughs> I I also saw that it was the seventh movie working with Millennium Media. And so yes. in my sleuthing, I went and just looked at the what kind of movies they make. And it is funny, it all fit in this, you know, this yeah. genre for the most part. And I kind of saw it as I don't know his story. I don't know why he, you know, kind of fell from grace isn't the right word. He's a working actor. He does whatever he wants. But mm-hmm. working with this kind of um, angel has fallen, London, London has fallen, yeah, shark attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it knows how much to spend to get their return. So it's kind of like he's, he's just working. But at the same time, that's, that piece of trivia made me be like, it just kind of gave me some sort of solace as to what a... Uh, right. Yeah, this is also a Saturn film um which is his uh production company that uh-huh. um t- has has funded a couple of really good movies and many uh very bad very, very bad movies ones. that he stars in dave so, there's uh, also uh once we wrap up all of cage's saturn films there's only like two or three stray non-cage ones uh, uh, that exist should we just watch all the saturn yeah, films yeah we should <laughs> 
Cool. <laughs> Did you, am I crazy or was the Saturn logo different this time, Miles? I feel like I, it looked really good. I think I noticed it last movie that it looked different. So they switched it at some point around this time. Yeah, yeah. They, they I wasn't going to bring money. it up because I thought that was a weirdly, insanely specific thing to like notice. <laughs> it's like, literally only you and I <laughs> know that. But since you bring it up, I did yes. notice the last time I saw it that it was like, uh, they updated it, yeah. It's looking tight. I feel like before nice. the, plat- the the planet just appeared, and now it kind of like the rings kind of flip over and do a thing. They um, went from like PS2 uh, CGI to like Xbox to like the new Xbox CGI. Yes, yeah, it's like I mean? an Xbox 360. Um, yeah, as far as like the the sort of uh, the film milieu that uh, I don't know if that's the right word, <laughs> but where the anyway the the type of films that cage is mostly making and all the reasons behind that. Like we've definitely been over it before. And I, I want to get into it kind of after we talk about the movie. Cause the, the what I did today yeah. was listen to an interview with, uh, Ken Sanzel, the writer director of oh. this movie. So oh I got my. some in, insight into, uh, into what's up, but, um, and anyone who's like, been listening to the podcast uh I, I don't know how many new things i'm going to reveal but i i did in thinking about where cage is in his career at this point and sort of how it all operates i uh um i, I honestly i feel a sense of more respect for kind of like how he's doing it how he's uh turned his career into what it is so mm. but we'll, we'll we'll get there let's talk okay, about yeah. this movie Kill Chain twenty I can draw I'll I'll drop that in earlier, but I just <laughs> I just needed Beautiful. one wild Panther roar. Here's the thing <laughs> is yeah. that we could do this every time. Uh but you I could have, have it saved have as to an play audio file on yeah. your computer, but that's just not how we it's just not operate. how we do things in uh, no. here in the den. No, I don't <laughs> ever want to change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. Uh you were saying uh two thousand nineteen kill chain. Kill chain. I am guessing that none of us have heard of this movie or seen it before. Uh, no, but I had been looking mm. forward to it for a while simply because yeah. of the title. It, the title really grabbed me in a way where it uh, prepared me for a much uh, sweeter movie than it turned out to be. Mm. <laughs> those are those are two exciting words to put together. Um, I mean, yeah, we were speculating about, like, does Nicolas Cage have a chain that he kills people with in the movie? Is, are, are there a, a string of killings? Which I guess, I guess that's what it is. But I you, mean, you, it is the movie is just a succession, a chain, if you will, of people <laughs> uh, killing someone else, and then right. you know someone there then turns around and kills someone else. I did kind of realize this today. It may not be actually, um, might not all fit together, but it felt like the intention of the movie in the end. As, and as you were saying, it was kind of numbing to me as well. I hadn't seen Nick Cage movies over and over again. But in it's crying, just that powerful. It was, it was, right. It was that... Hypnotic, um, really. Hypnotic, yeah, yeah. I was, it was a lull. I could not quite follow. However, I did realize that Kill Chain in, I hope I'm not spoiling this for anyone, Nick Cage being kind of the boss the whole time, set uh-huh. off a chain of killings to get back at the people who burned all those girls alive in mm, downstairs. Cause yes. he was, he was actually the guy who set up all these killings of people who may or may not knew him. He right. tricked the guy into the story to not kill him yet. You know, I mean, it was, right. it was one of those aha moments. that was just really unsatisfying, but nonetheless, right. yeah, still I, felt I, like, I, 
I think it says a lot about the film that like you can kind of give that synopsis and it sounds kind of interesting, but um, mm-hmm. as like as anything is revealed, like there there's a, just a deficit of of good things in the movie. Like it's just not mm-hmm. done very well, and so you just you know. It, it, who cares? Uh, no, but... so it's funny because when I started watching it, I didn't know anything about it. When I looked it up to see what it was available to watch on, I guess I started YouTube. There is another documentary called Kill Chain about elections fraud. In yes, I ran state. into this too. So I was like, huh, really don't know what this is going to be like, but that's clearly not the movie I'm looking for. <laughs> um, but when I did find it, Getting, getting back to the quality, I guess, of this movie. When I started it, it started with something that I actually really love in movies. And that's Me too. something simple. And then it cuts to the titles with just like a sans serif, boom, we're here, boom. This I, I love that. Children of Men did it, all sorts. I love that in movies. And, and, and then, they did a, a title sequence, a yeah. credit sequence, which you never see movies do unless they're doing it a little with a little bit of like a wink which this movie is doing like it's clearly like telegraphing that this is a noir a a neo-noir movie but um regardless like i love it and not in the woody allen sense where you just have like a you know words that appear on and you Mm -hmm. get every single credit before the movie i mean that's fine too um, and everything that Woody Allen has ever done is fine. Um, Gloria, just <laughs> kidding. Um, but no, more in the sense of like, uh, that I just, I think having like a Saul Bass style, like artistic sort of title sequence that gets you into the world of the movie is great. And in the movies like this case, which uh, this was like a thing in the nineties, I feel like after seven came out. Um, and maybe like a couple other movies like that that had really cool yeah, title sequences. It's, it's a real like post Tarantino kind of yes. like crime film thing mm. that yes. people well, started doing. I, I mean, it's even like I was trying to think of what to compare it to, and I, I guess the the only comparable thing is like a bad like crime TV movie, maybe. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. no, a hundred percent is what I thought, and I feel like I should interject here is that I actually was really into the credits that were before the credits where it was just telling you where the setting was something like that honestly once those credits came in with the The 90s kind of country uh whatever that song is actually when i realized what i was getting into the shaky (laughs) the shaky text the freeze frames and the the hyper saturation everything about that was like ah of course i actually didn't like that i thought it was a stark contrast to how they were opening it within the first two minutes Uh i I actually thought so. As soon as he said, um, "See, he won't appreciate it, but but you might." You read right. for a short story, and then, and it just goes, whoa, 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 and the music kind of comes in slow. I was like, uh, "Offended's the wrong word," but it was. That's that's how I knew what I guess we were, yeah. we were getting into. I was holding out <laughs> until yeah. the credits. Yeah, I I had a I I liked the credits just because I like. There, I like having a credit sequence that has some mm-hmm. style, and this has it has bad style, but it has yeah. style. I was gonna yeah, say, yeah. like, I, I have to give them uh, credit for trying to like lean into a uh, a really over stylized credit sequence. However, uh, I hated the outcome. It's kind, of, yeah, it's kind of like a bowler yeah. bowler shirt for like if it was a piece of clothing, it'd be a bowler shirt, <laughs> right? You know? yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, fully. That's what that's. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Actually, it's Dave, like... it kind of reminded me of you the the 
beginning of Doggy Dog, not because the beginning of Doggy Dog is actually good, but similarly the way they were like ripping off that kind of style that like Paul Schrader basically invented. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. With those kind of like movies. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was and you 2019. So yeah. it, it felt, yeah, it, it, it was off to me. I, I will say that. I, but I do like a title sequence. I, I agree with that. Well, you, you already mentioned Tarantino, and I, I don't think, I don't know if Ken Sanzel is, uh, well, after mm. listening to him, he, he didn't mention Tarantino once, so in my brain, I think he probably doesn't think he's ripping off Tarantino. He's trying to uh, pull from, you know, uh, the older, like, uh, noir, whatever. Like, he, right. but, like, he, the, the sort of post-Tarantino uh, in crime indie film thing that happened mm -hmm. in the 90s like this is just it, it could have fit in on the video store shelves in 1996 yep. in amongst yeah, all absolutely. of those tarantino ripoffs and like frankly there's there's not a um there's like a couple other like pretty blatant like uh things that i feel like he's pulled i mean what there's the de palma lighting that everybody does now <laughs> yeah which right i i also don't i don't hate like in turn it's a thing i i love it just looks uh, bad, though. If they did it in a tasteful it, way, it'd be different. But it's again, know, it's not. It, it's not the tools that they're using necessarily. It's the way that they use it and the way that they all come together. That's where yeah. it fails. Mm -hmm. And it's just that because movies are like greater than the sum of their parts, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were enough people making those <laughs> kinds of decisions on this particular movie that it uh, tipped it into some other kind of territory i don't know yeah i i just like you see the the sort of colorful ambient lighting in like everything now in the same way that i this is kind of petered off but for a while in the mid 20 teens there was like sort of a, a john carpenter like synth score in like everything and these mm. are trends that i didn't mind just because i like those things enough to be to, to like say, well, I'm glad that you're ripping that off and not something else. But regardless, like, it's, I think, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess I'm just <laughs> ripping on this one thing where, like you mm -hmm. said, Miles, it, it's just, it's done, it, it's done without taste. I guess my larger point is that, like, um, I was thinking about A Score to Settle, which is the movie we watched a couple of movies ago, which might have been my low point. If, is that the, the one with his son? Yes, yeah. the ghost I son. actually I saw that one, dude. Or I couldn't get past the sex scene. Maybe I can't uh -huh. remember. But I remember watching, be like, "Holy fuck, this yeah. is." Speaking of sex scenes, though, can we talk about the fucking sex scene in this movie? Oh, yeah, the well, choreographed what, like aggressive <laughs> foreplay. Thing? Oh my no, god, like, it was. I don't want to. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh -huh. Dave, that this is the most outrageous cage sex scene since Zandali yeah that please the sound true. design as well did yes. anyone else <laughs> notice how wonderful the sound design was for that sex scene it was a lot of like yeah. deep like it was an onomatopoeia it was make a Style. sex sound make a sex sound it was like boom right and again honestly, very very cable tv movie in the way that it was yes. like overtly sexual but there was almost no sexiness to it Ken Sanzel comes from the world of TV. He's primarily a TV writer and director. He's with most of his credits uh, from the show Numbers, with the, mm. the e. The e is a three. I don't know anything. I was gonna about say, that yeah, show. that's how I know it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the three e. The three e. <laughs> it's like seven. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Seven got like away with seven. a seven for a v. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
what what I was going to say though is that a score to settle. Our take on it was like that. That was a movie created by AI for AI people. Like it's a movie that is just uh, there, there's not a trace of anything real or human in it. And this movie was human in like a, a bad. I mean, it's bad melodrama and bad writing, yeah. but um, it had a humanity and it also had something that I've ragged on uh, other movies for, which is that like you know a, a score to settle again is a movie that seemed to be trying to do something way bigger than what it was or something it was trying to do something and then not fa- or succeeding or running with the devil the movie we watched last yeah. time was trying to do a soderbergh like traffic uh you know exploration mm-hmm. of the drug wars and it's just completely not equipped to do that and this movie was trying to rip off to make a neo-noir and it made a neo-noir and i appreciate that it's a bad movie i do not recommend it 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 stinks uh but um at least it was trying to do something and it kind Mm -hmm. of humble and it it kind of did that it it set its sights low and it achieved them with uh, i agree with you decent results i agree with you and that's in a weird way why i um ended up not liking it as much is because it mm-hmm. wasn't so bad for me to kind of like have memorable, like I couldn't tell anyone but you guys, you know, totally. really. Yeah. It's like, what do you, you know, because there was enough, I want to say, some of its parts was an excellent, you know, description mm. of what a movie is. And, and there were lots of, there was lots of talent in that room. You know what I mean? I was actually noticing how much I liked the, the glass windows in the hotel. There was some cool yeah. set designs very ambitious camera work with the angles and the oh my god the, nauseating the shoot. sometimes right like yeah that, it, it was, was it was overdone in some of this and, and, and that's that's the thing is all of the yeah the all of the these things there there are choices ambitious. people are making ambitious choices but they're failing at, at pretty much every metric like none they don't pull any of them off but so yeah like you said i mean I, we've been inoculated so much to like forgettable movies that uh, you mm. know are completely mediocre that like I I feel like I can just appreciate a movie that is mediocre and that isn't obnoxiously like out of its own like batting uh, above its whatever you know, punching whatever. above its weight right punching above mm-hmm. its weight thank you there's some sports metaphor in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this movie knows exactly what it's trying to do and knows where it's going, which is not the theater. It's going yeah. to, uh, red you box. know, it's it, another it's red gonna box. It's going to play movie. on yeah. TNT at night and right. somebody's dad is going to fall asleep to it. And they're going to be like, Hey, that movie was actually pretty good. And like recommend it to It's you. not just on Amazon, but it was produced by the studios. Also, oh, they had shit. something to do with it, so it's clearly just like an Amazon streaming movie. Like you just, they were just gonna put it on Amazon. I think, mm. you know, well, okay, to so Amazon. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk about uh, the Ken Sanzel uh, interview now to to sort of uh, get us into it, actually. Because so, like you said, the 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 main set of the movie is this hotel that is uh, pretty awesome, and. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a real hotel in Colombia. This is the second movie in a row that Cage has done in Colombia. Wait, oh, that's right. Running with the Devil was well yeah. started in Colombia, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why that connection is there, but it is. Um, maybe so, he made friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe Cage liked Colombia so much he wanted to shoot another movie in Colombia, so they just rolled well, it right I, into this one. 
I think mm. I th I think the uh, the reality is that um, the director made friends with his management because um, that seems to be the thing is that like if if you can put a script in front of Cage and if he likes it uh, he'll <laughs> go for it and and uh, if there's something for him to do if the pay is right um, if the shooting schedule fits into his schedule and he wants to add another you know easy million dollars. Uh, he'll go to Columbia for a week and <laughs> make it. Um, and, um, you know, to, to that, to, to that end, like, uh, Cage is, according to Ken Sanzel, incredibly professional. He showed up with the whole script memorized as he is wont to do. And, uh, everything choreographed in his brain about how he would, you know, light the match as he did his cigarette or whatever. Like he basically, he, he showed up and uh, they said that the, the actress who plays the woman in red, um, that she was like kind of nervous because she hadn't learned her lines yet. And he was like, yeah, I've just, he told her that th this is the way that I work now is like, I just have, I used to do it that way, but now I just have it all memorized because these are going to be short shoots and I don't want to be in anybody's way. So I just come in, bing, bang, boom, and then I'm out. So very professional, pretty cool. The way that this all happened was Ken Sanzel, you know, he's a, he, he, first of all, he used to be a cop. He's an ex cop, um, mm. which is shocking to me. Is that how he my, knows so much about crime? He, yeah. He ca he captures the depths of the criminal world uh, beautifully. <laughs> well, that's, that's what was crazy because my take on this before knowing anything about him was that the writing of this feels like somebody who has never been close to any of this like mm -hmm. nothing nothing about the way that these folks interact is real like assassins mm -hmm. sex workers yeah. even like fathers like when um enrico calatoni is talking to his daughter like <laughs> none of that feels like observed from humanity even like things like i was like this guy doesn't even speak spanish probably because he named characters Aranya and Oso and not La Aranya or El Oso, which it seems like, you know, just shit like that where I'm like, yeah. this doesn't feel like it was observed from reality. This feels like some, like a 21 year old in a writing class who has been, you know, watching a lot of Tarantino. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that I think gives it the like neo-noir feel is that it tries to go for the like crime banter dialogue Ugh. but it is again an aesthetic choice that you don't then it's you it's like you don't have the script written and then you're translating it into that kind of snappy dialogue it's like you're just writing the dialogue and putting in like mad it's like mad libs basically yeah right no. <laughs> it, it was noticeably scripty i i felt the yes. same way where there was very little room for for acting you know in, you know mm -hmm. for what you would consider good acting i guess it was very and it almost now that you mention it looks just like he showed up with his lines memorized did them yeah. once and then left i mean it really yeah. kind of has that that vibe yeah, and with the exception of some of the more actiony, maybe like you know, scenes with the gun, or definitely the whole sequence at the end. But in terms of just the dialogue scenes, I feel like they capped out at like three takes, right? Like yeah, they were they I were in so. and out with all of those setups. Well, I think we've seen this before with uh, like a lot of inexperienced directors. Is that like it seems like what they'll do 
is that I'm reminded of the frozen ground, which was the same thing where he was like, yeah, he was right. like, we would do, we would have so many different setups and camera angles that people told us that we couldn't fit them all in, but we would do 80 when they told us to do 20. And this similarly, like the camera's jumping around all the time, but I feel like, yeah, they'd set up, do a take and be like, great, we got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ken Sanzo, he's ex-cop. Yeah. So presumably this is pulled from <laughs> some sort of reality, but it does not feel that way at all. Um, he, previous to this, uh, he sold a script to some company and it was describing how, like, he was a nobody, you know, he was writing a bunch of stuff and uh, finally he got a script sold and that validated him enough in Hollywood for other people to start being interested in him. And, one script, uh, the one magic script that gets you validated. What I what I think is funny is the script that sold it got turned into a movie called Scar City, and um, he got him signed on for a three picture deal with whatever company this was, and then that company immediately folded, <laughs> and um, presumably for making bad business decisions. Scar City, <laughs> but is Scar it a play City, on the word scarcity? I don't know. We'd have to watch it. Scar City. Um, Scar City ended up being made by somebody else, so it did get made, but not by that company that validated Ken Sanzel's career. Did um, Ken Sanzel make the movie? He did. He sure did. Oh, he did. He ended up, you know, starting all right, farmed a table. Awesome. So he's yeah. not a first-time director. He's not. He he's uh, directed some TV and has made I think like four or five films. He made a he made a film called. Uh, Lone Hero with Lou Diamond Phillips that looks really funny. Wait, oh my Ooh. god, Dave, can we should we watch it? <laughs> we should. It's it's about like an actor or I I don't know. It it looks crazy. Um he also made a movie with um god, where is it? Oh, he made a movie Oh, it's Scar City with with uh, <laughs> Tia Tia Carrere and Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> Wait, which Baldwin? Stephen, the worst Baldwin. Oh, oh boy. Stephen or Daniel? I don't know. Steven's the Christian one. Oh, okay. Wait, Steven was from Biodome? Yeah. Okay. This is interesting. In 1995, he wrote a film called Rewind that he was proud of that didn't get made. But uh, he says that, he, he, he said this in an anecdote about how like, I don't know, like you, you write a bunch of scripts and then some of them don't age well just because technology changes. So mm. yeah, he was saying that, uh, this movie was about uh, a cop who kills two people who are ripping off an ATM and gets fired because of the brutality or whatever in which he kills them. Um, but the that action is filmed and sold as a snuff film, and he becomes a, quote, snuff film star. And I don't know what that means, but his point, was, his, his point was that you can't do that because of cell phone videos now, which... Interesting. It's not the reason why I think that you wouldn't make that film now. Yeah, but I, yeah I, so. I agree. <laughs> I think, yeah, it feels like he's missing the point entirely. But yeah, I would be interested to see what, to hear what years and what area he was a police officer. Just, Same. you know, yeah, you know, to kind of understand his, you know, how in touch he is with, with crime and he, violence. He said, he said he was in a shootout um, mm. on a train. 
He said he was what? on a shootout on a train, but there, he I, didn't write a movie about movie. a shootout on a train. Yeah, hold on, any hold of those on. scenes? Is he a he Texas should. Ranger? What the fuck? <laughs> this was in reference to the scene where there's a shootout inside of a parked car that happens in this movie. Oh that, yeah. Oh god. Oh yeah. How you know? There's the banality of the whole movie because I forgot one of the most exciting scenes. Yeah. That was um. Yeah. Wait, and guys. I'm, can we talk about how Cage is in the the intro to the movie and then he doesn't show up again for 45 minutes? <laughs> like, come yeah. on! Why are we doing this? I was kind of hoping he'd narrate it as the storyteller. He, he should have. That would have been... Because they set it up like he's going to. He's like, I'll tell you the story. And I know. Then he doesn't. Um, but <laughs> so this is... How, I'll, I'll wrap this up. So how this movie came about is that they were making another movie in Colombia called Blunt Force Trauma that I, I don't know anything about. Um, nice. But apparently it was very uh, ambitious and he wanted to make something that was a lot smaller, that only had a few sets and whatever. And they had scouted this hotel as a location for that movie and not used it. So he, he wrote a movie around the hotel with the idea that um, it would be about it, it. Basically, he was trying to do four rooms, the Tarantino movie, where there's like mm-hmm. some somebody, you know. But in this case, in this case, it's a kill chain where yeah, somebody yeah. does a thing and someone gets killed, and then the person who killed the person, oh, what's their story? And then they get killed, and then wait so, a minute, mm-hmm. Dave. So they're killing in a chain. Yeah, it's a chain of it kills. It's a chain right? of killings, and like yeah. and like Nick said, it sort of circles back to. Uh, to cage yeah right it's a snake eating its own tail type thing got yes. it got it um okay. but, and i i guess he wrote uh he wrote the story about a, a, a sniper uh played by enrico colantoni aka the dad from veronica mars oh the, right or yeah the photographer from just shoot me yeah you're right wow perfect uh, <laughs> i i totally knew where i'd seen him before yeah, I actually thought he was the most. He felt the most capable actor of all of them. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, and he's also he's weirdly actor. enough the one that I connected to emotionally the most. Like the the storyline yeah. with him and his daughter, you know, was hokey, yeah. but it definitely it was redeeming. Yeah, certainly. Right. Yeah, it yeah. seemed most real to me in a weird way. Yeah, I, I that that's when I was most on board for the story. Um, so yeah, it's it's he wrote that story, and then he wrote the story about the Cage character, and then. Uh, and then when he decided that people needed to be getting killed and creating a kill chain, he wrote the cops story about the crooked cops, which again is weird that he's a cop and that's the decision he's making. Um, I, I, I don't know, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the Enrico Calantoni stuff because that, you know, that scene ends with him getting shot and it's sort of, I, from the interview that I listened to with him, I think that was supposed to register as like an, Oh shit moment. And he initially wanted cage to play that character. So for it to sort of be like a fake out where you think he's going to be the star and, uh, but then he dies and then it's these other characters. And I'm instead really the glad fake out that, is that that wasn't the movie. Because I, although, like you said, the, the fake out instead is that he shows up at the start and then doesn't right. show up again for like another hour. But. Well, at least it's not a Snowden situation where he's in the one scene at the beginning and then nothing <laughs> until the yeah. one scene at the end. Um, I watched mm. this movie three times before I watched Snowden again. Oh, really? I don't. <laughs> I mean, it was they're both terrible. I don't I guess I would have to choose. I don't know, Dave. I, I don't This know. goes down easier for me. Um, this uh, is more I, like, I guess you could like ignore this one more kind of, you know. 
Oh, well, um, no, this, no doubt. This movie is more. Yeah, this is like this is like white noise, and Snowden is like a brown note. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the low frequency that makes you shit yourself uncontrollably. That's uh, uh, that seems that's very accurate. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I also did happen to see Snowden, and it kind of latched me in, just being like, you know. What's you know? I I didn't know a lot of the stuff anyways for whatever right, reason. I right. thought I was learning something, and then well, I forgot. Is it Oliver Stone? De Palma? Yeah, sure is. Oliver Which Stone. Which one? Yeah, Oliver. There Stone. There you go. And then it was like I don't know how I got to the end, but when I did, and they actually showed Stone, and then they showed Oliver Stone's name. It was just you know, if I I realized if I wanted to learn something, I probably should just Wikipedia. You know, yeah. just. Oh, um, we go into this extensively in both of the Oliver Stone Cage movies that we talked about, where it's like American history via Oliver Stone is all of the wrong history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's like being cornered by like your friend's drunk uncle at like some function and they just like go off on you telling you stuff and you're like, that doesn't sound right, but this person seems like they've read a bunch of books about this. So maybe, oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that used to be very harmless, didn't it? Yeah. It sure. Yeah. It sure felt uh, harmless. It felt like he was speaking truth to power sometimes. I mean, with JFK and shit, like he kind of was, but he's just such a dummy himself. Well, that's the nature, that's the nature of, uh, of all these, you know, uh, questions we want answered is that we're hearing five, five out of seven of them are true or fake and two of them are true or fake, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm addicted to things like, uh, conspiracies and whatnot. Cause yeah, it's this, the misinformation there's, there's absolutely no way to ever get a, a hold on it, on it all, but nothing, you know, yeah. If, if there was a dramatist who had the, um, the ability to uh the, the the pr sense of oliver stone when he was younger the the like way to like position yourself as a shit stirrer muckraker mm -hmm. and then made actually good movies that spoke actual truth to power and challenged shit like i'd be fully on board i mean i guess honestly like michael moore had i for all of his faults <laughs> like that's probably the closest thing that we have to that he was a, probably the biggest disruptor in, of our time of yeah. a document documentarian probably i can think of yeah really good pr sense and uh his politics are usually what i would consider to be pretty right on but uh he picked anyway. the right fights yeah he, but he's also like kind of annoying and self-aggrandizing so <laughs> yeah. he, he like turns everybody <laughs> off from wanting to agree with him but uh whatever yeah. Yeah. all right so so we start with enrico calantoni um veronica mars dad he is uh, talking, he, he's like a sniper, and, and we have this scene where he's like setting up a shot uh, to kill someone, we don't know who, um, and he's on the phone or whatever the secret agent sniper version of a phone is uh, with his like handler, um, and they're having a very, very quippy conversation. Um, and he also gets on the phone with his daughter, who's like going to college, and... Uh, so we see the two sides of this man and, uh, oh, he loves his daughter and just trying to be a good dad, but also like, you know, he's a, he's a cold hearted killer maybe and whatever. And then, uh, the reveal is that he, you know, suddenly he sees there's another target or another sniper on the scene and he's uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Some shit goes down and what happens is that he was the target all along that he got turned on by uh, and and dimed out by uh, somebody I don't remember, um, but I guess that's the first thing. Uh, 
and we can just talk about this compartmentalized really like is there anything that we want to say about this whole sequence uh hmm. did, well I, I think i think the most noteworthy elements to the scene is how they brought in the sex workers into the 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 repartee between the two snipers who i yeah. guess we're still trying to figure out if they're looking for each other or the same target we, we still don't know everything yet but when they did the uh, interplay of you know the man brings the sex the sex worker up doesn't want sex from her wants her to go investigate and we find out later you know that that's we're slow, slowly learning things through this um semi-clever storytelling yeah yeah i thought it was kind of fun he like tell he's like he's like basically tells her to undress but then he's like okay go to the window and like you know essentially like draw attention <laughs> and then right. has has her like go dress again and go over and deliver a message to the other sniper who it turns out he knows i think his name his character's name is sanchez is that right <laughs> I, think I, so. I was trying to remember it and i thought i must be wrong but i i, I think, think right. that that seems wrong but i think that is right actually <laughs> that's just what the writing is yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but again, like, for all the cleverness of that, like, every moment, like, all the dialogue spoken between them and the way that the sex worker acts is, you know, just none of it feels real and none of it is clever enough to get away with the sort of heightened comic book sense that, like, someone like Tarantino can do. Well, like, and I think a huge problem is that you do you start to relate so it's it's sometimes if it's written well, it's interesting to piece things together uh, obliquely through this kind of expositional setup, and yeah. you know you don't need to be spoon fed everything all the time. But this movie is very confusing, and the dialogue up front, <laughs> as soon as you start to get a handle on kind of who these guys are and what they're doing, then he immediately dies, and then it becomes a different movie. And then well, that yeah, guy dies, I, and yeah. it becomes a different movie. And until you get to Cage, so that, who explains uh, it all, right? Which yeah. again doesn't happen till, well, he shows up forty-five minutes, but doesn't actually explain it until like an hour into the movie. Right. Um, then at that point, you've had to re readjust who the protagonist or the person you're supposed to be like rooting for with each of these successive essentially baton passes with every mm -hmm, killing mm -hmm. that like the relay Each link in the kill chain right but like the relay from kill to kill and then having to readjust who you're rooting for or who or who is or and, and then also piecing together everybody's relationship and if they had any relationship to the people that have already been killed and how those mm. people will factor into cage in the, yeah. in the hotel explaining it no it's you, just it's con too confusing it's and so it confusing. gives you no reason to care Right. Yeah, it's I mean, a very very bumpy ride yeah well what what i think this movie gets wrong that like you know so many of the sort of crime cage movies that we've watched from this period get wrong um but is that you know everything except for the idea of the a plot with twists and turns and stuff like like whoever these directors are these guys like they it's like they think that Fight Club is a good movie because mm. of the twist and don't realize that the reason that Fight Club became like a zeitgeisty movie is like everything else. It's like the Ikea sequence and stuff like that. It's all the, the other stuff. And I mean, to, to talk about Tarantino again, um, who, you know, Tarantino loves a uh, format like this where you can bring in a bunch of different characters with different stories who um, are 
trying to you know like i mean it's pulp fiction right the, down to the down to the mixed chronology of like it's starting with cage and then us backing up and uh sort of dipping in and out of people's stories and timelines like it but pulp fiction is not a great movie because of the briefcase you know <laughs> it's it each of those situations and characters give tarantino something else to sort of riff on the all these things that he's interested in and stuff and so you're sort of getting to hang out in his mind and his record collection and whatever and uh you know it that's a pretty fun place to be i'd say whereas mm -hmm. ken sanzel's yeah. mind is <laughs> like you know that it's despite the sort of he was a cop twists in this yeah he's a cop it's very procedural <laughs> right and, and so you we have these we have twists and turns we have people dying we have the baton being passed but there's nothing outside of the plot itself for us to uh, zoom in on and like you said miles like the plot itself is kept sort of hazy so he can do reveals which we've seen, seen again and again it doesn't yeah. fucking work yeah. unless you make something else for me to grab onto. It's because, like, you know... Because here's the big issue with the reveal in this movie, is that when Cage finally explains everything and then he goes back through the whole kill chain and you see how each person was related and then you get a history of the connection and et cetera, et cetera. Like, right. he's literally explaining to you who the characters you just saw die were. And yeah. then... But, but, the, but the issue with that is that you don't then have any kind of... Like that, his whole explanation of the of everyone's backstory is just a separate movie plot. Like it's just other things that have happened to all of them, and you could very well have just seen those movies. So there's no <coughs> kind of deeper yeah, connection. It it's you know, yeah. like it's just it doesn't plot add anything plot. to the right. experience <laughs> that we had. It doesn't right. deepen our understanding of of anything that resonates because when we saw those things it did, it didn't matter to us in the first place totally. so i don't care the character's motivations like it doesn't there's there's no there's no meaningful reveal there uh yeah it, well the reveal again, is the meaning not you know it's not that the re it's not that the reveal gives meaning to the other things it's just that the reveal is the point <laughs> honestly that's the reveal uh, it's mm, it's yeah. kind it's kind of frightening that the idea that you would have a cop and this is their idea of the of the world like and not in a like you know there's a lot of movies that are like this isn't like a fashy movie like there's not a lot of fascist kind of shit in it there's it, it doesn't like again i'm sh people are i'm almost everyone else except for the two cops are operating outside of like far outside of the law Right. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the two cops are like really shitty guys. They're they're like some of the they're the worst, worst characters in the movie. They're the worst character. Yeah. yeah. But what, the thing that's disturbing to me is that you have a cop who is out of the field to a degree where he's getting into shootouts on trains, and but the thing that's in his head is just fucking trite melodrama and like weird like this like quippy shit that like. I'm like, is he just checked out from reality? Like, how do you how, how do you make something that feels this removed from the world of actual crime? And yeah. and Dave, be, I th like, 
I, I think it, that is a not to make this a deeper issue about the problems of systemic like police abuse, but um, yeah. that I think is the issue is that you now have cops viewing the world through the lens of yes. generations of crime movies, and so yes. they think that despite what they run into in the field, that there is some kind of uh, movie version of like an uh, organized crime ring that's operating behind everything. Right. Uh, it's it, it's very disturbing yeah. um, that like the, he would ju just imagining him, I don't know, doing whatever the fuck he was doing during the day. But in his head, he's like just he's, he's like disassociating and thinking about the movie of, of his life that he wishes he was living um, where he is. I don't know. He's Raymond Chandler and he gets to make shit right. like this. Anyway, very weird. Well, and it's also weird that if you are exercising that part of your brain separate from your career as a cop, is that, like you still want to make a crime genre movie? You don't want to make some kind of other genre to like flex some other more romantic part of your brain? I mean, there's just so yeah. many. There's so many questions to me about a ex cop's motivation for making this movie yes. this way. It's very weird. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, but yeah, so so we get the Calantoni stuff. I keep having to check his name, so I say it right. Um, the and yeah, he dies, and it's not it, it. It's like I thought that we were getting the first course of a satisfying meal, but instead it was like, no, that's that's all. You, it's it, it. It was like a weird appetizer instead. Yeah, that's um, like the pre-dinner cocktail. I'll, I'll admit, yeah. I thought that when he got shot through the mattress, when he jumps in front of the window, pulls up the mattress with his bulletproof vest. I thought that was part of a, a ruse that we would be seeing later. Same. And he actually kind of missed the, you know, I mean, well, you're, does it, wait, you're doesn't right. Doesn't he show up? Doesn't he show up at the end? Yeah, he does. But only when he's re when he's retelling the story about the burning uh, right. kids. No, yeah, I, it's the only I, other I thought, time we see him outside. Doesn't Cage run into him at the very end? Yeah, Am yeah, I he does. Crazy? Because that, that's where you realize that's where they realize they dovetail together is when he then finds him up in the room. Oh, he finds him as he's yeah. dying. Got in it. The, his, the room of his own hotel. Right. And there's a very, yeah. in the beginning of the movie, there's also a scene as he's walking uh, around where he checks on the door, but doesn't open it. Uh, and it was, I, I'm only now realizing this because it happened, but so much had happened since then I didn't realize it again. But yeah, there is one um, hint at the beginning in some part of the early movie in which he goes to check that door where... Enrico is, and he doesn't open it. And we later find out at the end of the movie, you know, Aranha, Aranya has been, has planned the whole thing. Right. Yes. Right. 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 Um, all right. Um, so he gets shot through the mattress and he dies. Um, and he doesn't die. He no, doesn't he doesn't. Die. He doesn't die, but then, but then he does die. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, you're Ultimately right. Ultimately dies um, in the chain. It, yes, the final link. Well, is he um, the first link or the final link, though? Ah, uh, this is the the nature of he's the, the storytelling, Miles. He's the final link in reality because the movie ends with Cage walking downstairs and trying to either not kill that guy's daughter. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because he's like, they're gonna kill my my daughter. My and daughter. He's, yeah. You know. Oh, so Cage and, uh, not only initiates the kill chain, he also breaks the toxic circle, the toxic uh, cycle of the kill he, chain. He well. does. Yeah. 
A man does. can forge a kill chain, but he can also break a kill chain. See, they should have hired mm-hmm. you for the tagline, Dave. I don't know what the tagline of this movie is. Probably starring Nicolas Cage, but that's a way better one. <laughs> that's than the tagline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kill chain starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> a movie with Nicolas Cage. Mm. He's got a gun. <laughs> Uh, um so I, <laughs> sort I did, of did he sort yeah, of he did, he, did. Yeah, he had he to hand it over briefly to he had a couple yeah he had a shotgun it's a bad neighborhood um mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah uh i i you know i know that these are bad lawless guys but the the treating of the sex workers i mean both by the story and just the that you know that they're seen as like childish like dummies and then who, who are so not street smart that they would get into that situation and then that she would go like Enrico Calantoni would send that woman over to the other building to be like, Hey, like your enemy is over there or whatever. And then not expect her to get die. I mean, I guess he doesn't care is the thing, but it's another thing that in, in general, I'm just like, Oh, a cop wrote this movie, huh? Yeah. Certainly didn't write white women very well. Yeah. No. Well, and I think also a big crux of the movie is, well, they would have, they would have, died anyway like someone in that instance and also when they talk about the flashback of burning the children right it's like well you can try to break the kill chain but someone Mm. else is just going to kill them anyway and i feel like that is such a like nihilistic yeah sort of it's like that's not the outcome of of those choices that i want to see like it almost turned me against the filmmaker in a way because i was it was just so like and and it wasn't even nihilism with any, I mean, it's like it was, fatalism. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's fa- it, yeah, but it's not. It doesn't. I don't think it understands it as as that. It, it really does seem like a you know a a big dumb script. Right. You know. Yeah. It almost. It's not as self aware to you know to feel like it'd be nihilistic or fatalistic even because it does have a very overall dumb kind of feel like like there really isn't much to be trusted about in the first place there is nothing behind it in which yeah mm-hmm. it, it's not examining anything it's just yeah it's just like this is a, here is a movie with all popcorn. the things yeah, yeah popcorn and um but dave again this is like the fourth movie in a row or something where the only thing we can objectively say about it it is a movie it is a film <laughs> <laughs> yes um, this is a movie yeah, and, and I, w- I won't just keep banging on the same drum, but I the, the fact, again, like revisiting this uh, with the light of, of that he's, that this is a former cop, like, yeah, that that sort of fatalism of, of like, this is how the system works and it's broken. There's good guys and bad guys, but mm. they're not really good or bad. It's this gray area, but they just keep, you know, there, there are people who... There are good people who don't get characterization and end up as targets and like hostages and whatever. And then there's only a bunch of morally compromised people who I don't have anything to say about, but the kill changes continues. You know, it, it feel it's like, um, yeah, this is supposed to be popcorn, and um, that is, I think, the correct way to engage with it because it's not smart enough really to reveal too much else. But like, the, right, it, it is. It's there's something like kind of fucked up about that um but yeah. spe- speaking of which like you know who all who else is also an ex, an ex-cop who? i just you know realize this uh eddie money what take, really take me home tonight what uh t- two tickets to paradise two tickets to paradise yeah he's, wow. he's an ex-cop what what yeah, kind of cop like a beat cop I, I don't i you know i would love to know as well but that's like kind of his thing 
Uh, I don't know if he advertises as such, but I had. Uh, yeah, is he a Blue Lives Matter he, guy? He he seems well. He seems like a New York type. He might have been a Jersey mm-hmm. cop or a yeah. New York cop. But I, you know, I don't know. And he he got famous. He was young enough. You know, he wasn't like so. He probably didn't do a ton of time. And I would argue that Ken Sanzel might not have done a lot of. You know, he wasn't clearly wasn't a career guy. You know. Yeah. No. How old How old is he right now? He's he's not that old. He's probably like forties, fifties. Yeah, you know, I guess he could have done a decade or two. And I guess I, I go back and I think of, I grew up in Florida, so I've got a couple high school friends that turned into police officers. And mm-hmm. I guess by now they've been police officers eight, nine years, you know? So it's like, I guess you can learn, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if they've been in shootouts on trains. Mm, one uh, bet has actually. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm glad I've never been in one. That's what I'll say. Well, yeah. But, no, my neighbor, my neighbor was a police officer, and that kid was dating his daughter. And so, for whatever reason, I think he latched on and then followed in his girlfriend's father's footsteps. And whoa. so, there's this whole thing. Yeah. It, it, and honestly, you know, because it all does wrap up into the worldview of of the police. Um, and uh, I had one neighbor, and it was us, kind of, you know, more bookish types, and our one neighbor who we got along with. They were. Uh, police and ex-football, you know, the more football type thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And their worldview is a lot different than ours, you know? Yeah. But, you know, so, so as, I are many, them to, as are many people. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's even one more step of remove because I'm from California, so I have zero concept of what Florida's like. Like, I hear about, mm. like, Florida, and I just, it sounds like a completely lawless place to live <laughs> in some there's respects. a lot of room to run around that's for yeah. sure it, it's it definitely i um, like that way of putting it yeah yeah no there's a lot of space and um people move there a lot so there there is like a transplantiness the same way california has but because it's um the same as it's a dead end you know there's really nowhere to go once you're in florida but back up so there's yeah, it's got its own culture, far different from Georgia, Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but I left. <laughs> and I don't go back often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the whole sniper thing ends, and how do, how do we get in with the, the cops? How do they, they somehow get, they arrest Sanchez, the yeah, bad they, sniper. Yeah, they arrest Sanchez, and then they find... The diamonds right because they got tipped off probably by cage's character yeah wait where did the diamonds come from oh oh those? oh oh wait the guy got paid in the diamonds in, diamonds. in the burnt in the burnt out car the handler right, he right. Said, is, it, is it done the handler oh. says it's in the burnt out car that was kind of cool he he like goes uh sanchez the bad sniper runs to uh, it goes to the car that's like burnt out on blocks. His name is really Sanchez. I'm gonna say yes. I think it is. <laughs> I think he's right. I think you're right. Okay, we'll just go with it. It seems unbelievable. You're right. I know. He he goes and he um cuts open the fabric on the gear shifter, and finds a bag of diamonds. Um, that's pretty fun. But yeah, then the cops immediately pull up take his diamonds, arrest him, and throw him in the back of the car, um, which spawns this other scene of uh, him, I guess... He, he Planting the seed of doubt. Right, he, he sees that these cops are probably crooked, 
and starts trying to turn them against each other. And uh, it ends up in a, a shootout in the car um, that, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about that scene, except that I thought that Eddie Martinez, the actor playing Sanchez, is uh, kind of fun to watch in it. Like, he, he, I, he's been in Narcos and uh, The Sinner, which I think is a newer movie. I don't know. It seems mm. like his, his career is uh, on the up and up, so uh, mm-hmm. good yeah. for him. The, the guy that plays the blonde cop is, uh, do you guys ever see True Blood? Yeah, was See, he? I know of it. He plays a uh, Sookie's brother. Oh no, shit! Yeah, For the like, uh, just dumb as rocks, yeah. but like just <laughs> mm-hmm. chiseled brother who ends up, I if I remember right, starts dating a woman who's like a wear cougar. Yes, she's like a <laughs> uh-huh. part of a right. <laughs> there's a there's a group of um not werewolves but they're wear cats and they're all like fucking like the most hillbilly redneck folks. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if, if you want a show that is really dumb, like does dumb fun right for at least a couple seasons, it's just like really horny and stupid. True Blood is uh, it's pretty good. That's what True Blood's about. Okay, cool. Yeah. I wasn't sure. It's very, very stupid, but, um, but very, <laughs> very horny. And it starts to add like pretty much any sort of like you know you got vampires you got werewolves you have were cats you have witches you have <laughs> fairies. ancient greek you have fairies you have ancient greek monsters masquerading any, as people any amphibians any like like fish or frog God, stuff i don't I, think there's any like shape of water action but i didn't i i tapped out after a couple seasons yeah me too i didn't oh, watch it till the end it gets really yeah. not good but uh man that second that second season is a lot of fun Anyway, we keep we keep talking about more interesting things than this movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, but anyway, my point yeah. was this is the first time I've ever seen that actor in anything else. So that's yeah. all I could think about. Uh, Dude, he shows I've never with, seen him before. He shows up with that lollipop in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and which was I feel like that's Ken Sanzel also being like, this is interesting. Here's an artistic touch. But it's like uh, Brad Pitt from Ocean's Eleven. It, yeah. It's, <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. That shootout in the car, like, I had a moment of watching it where I was, like, I, like, suddenly, like, came out of my stupor, and I was like, oh, I think I'm supposed to be impressed by this, but mm-hmm. it, it was... Um, it came and it, went real, real It quick. came and went. Um, meanwhile, there's a lady in red. I, I don't also don't remember how she shows up. Is she... She's connected to the so, bad cop? The, bad, the blonde cop's girlfriend. She's the cop's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Both both the other cop and Sanchez die in the shootout, and then True Blood is wounded. He's been shot. He takes the diamonds, goes back to his like flop house, basically. Where takes right. his shirt off. Yeah. Oh, t- yeah. totally takes his shirt off. He's just still looks great and greasy. Uh, this dude mm-hmm. is fucking cut. He's beautiful, mm-hmm. and he's got he's, a giant. He, he hasn't been in a in a movie or TV show in like. 15 years but he's still doing core work yeah he's those abs look great yeah and he's got a gunshot um (laughs) in his shoulder yeah uh, and and then they what's her name comes looking for the diamonds at this point right she she doesn't have a name she she's called the The mistress the the very bad woman i believe is very bad woman yeah Yeah. funny enough i actually liked that i liked how i didn't realize that none of them had names Except yeah. in the credits, I was like, huh, look at yep. that. That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. So, like, her, 
So her and her goons basically show up and they torture True Blood, but he has already given. Oh yeah, because because the lady in red is cheating on the very bad woman with True Blood. With True Blood, right? So then, yeah. so then the lady in red takes the diamonds from True Blood, and then he gets taken and tortured and killed, and she runs away with the diamonds. Mm-hmm. And she and she uh, takes that van driver, that delivery man hostage, right? In that, and lets like, him watch ludicrous, ludicrous scene where she gets undressed in the back of the van, and she's like, "You can watch, I don't mind." Yeah, again, late like late As night cable TV movie. Uh, she yeah. just gets in the back of the van and gets becomes sexy. Very she, she becomes and she's like she's like do not worry me more i will not hurt you but you can look at my, my. it's so stupid and she doesn't she's as good as her word she's like she's like how how much did tonight cost you and he's like my job and she i don't know gives him gives a, him a lot, lot of, of cash. bills yeah that wad, yeah so yeah you know she gives him a fat wad okay but here's a question why did her and true blood have all that money like, why do they have the stash? What kind of business are they involved in? Is that just money he, like, has Probably like, shaken money down he was... as a cop from yeah. other people? Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was that he explains later in the movie that those two bad cops were shaken down. Yeah, people. I, for- and I even forgot what, what it is that they were involved in other than just being crooked. Totally. Know? Okay, so I then, really then remember. We, yeah. we, we don't need to get into it any further. I just, I didn't know why uh, he had that, like, rainy day stash for her to run away with. But anyway, so she she hijacks this van, and she's going to find someone named Aranya, right? Or Mr.? It's not Mr. Aranya, is it? It's, That's too no, it's straight Mr. Aranya. Okay. <laughs> That means spider in Spanish. Oh, I didn't know. Mm. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. I've mm-hmm. never heard Spanish before. So. <laughs> you know who also has, seems to have never heard Spanish before? Cage? It's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> in Running With the Devil and this movie, he's required to say, like, one line of Spanish. Like, that thing that... I, I love this thing when movies do this, where someone shows up who's, like, a foreign... and, like, greets you in a foreign language, and you say it, and then they're like, yeah, all right, we'll switch to English now without, right. like... You know, um, but Cage, for someone who grew up in Southern California, holy shit, it's the most like mush mouth, like gringo ass, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's real bad. Um, but anyway, yeah, so what I derailed us, um, so she's looking for Aranya and she goes to the hotel that Cage runs, uh, that he won in a poker game or some shit off of. Some other guy, Franco. What's yep, uh, his buddy Franco. His buddy Franco. Wait, is that really who is a big part of Franco? the reveal? That also seems unbelievable. I know me. it seems that's wrong. his name. Yes. These movies, Franco. it's like the guy knows like one Latin American person. That's and what I'm it's saying. Like, and he just like picks the name from like the one guy he knows. He's that's like, oh, his I'm name is Sanchez. Saying. Do you have a picture of Kim Senzel? Um, he looks kind of like a a piece of dough. <laughs> that's funny enough how i pictured it now now we we are circling back to where the movie started which just involves like a lot of talking in the hotel also the, the lady in red shows up she's looking for aranya but she clocks cage as aranya even though he is you know not saying anything explicit he's he's playing dumb but she has some speech about how you know, oh, this, that cut on your hand is from a bullet and that thing on your head is from a knife and uh, you have 
what is she i wrote this down she he, he has uh uh what is it like violence behind his eyes or something also okay. that's such a dramatic Gosh. line you know what i'm talking <laughs> was, about was this before or after they took the shot and he does finger guns yes yes <laughs> i was around there yeah uh, uh, he he has the eyes and the hands of a violent man, <laughs> which you know, like you said, sick. Like he, he seems like he just showed up, hit his mark, and like said his lines and left. Like I've seen Nick Cage look like a character with the eyes and hands of a violent man, and yeah, this yeah. is not it. <laughs> this is not it. Also, no, but no. They but they bone. Oh my god, the most For some reason. sex scene ever. I know we brought it up earlier, It was the finger guns. It was the finger yeah. guns that did it, right? That's the moment she's like, I'm going to sleep with this guy yeah. in the yeah. 10 minutes. Sure, her nose just dropped. And it, it's just yep. fine. But I, I don't understand... I don't understand what she gained from that, what that character gained. Cause like, I, also I mean, don't I was like, understand oh. why they had to do it. Like the rest of the right. plot only hinges on her being at the hotel. She's already there. They don't have to fuck also. That adds yeah, another unnecessary like, level of like, it, 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 it's like they're trying to make it some kind of emotional entanglement, but it just misses. It doesn't operate in that way at all. Yeah. They lampshade it. Like, Oh, of course, like you're, like he's like why would you you wouldn't just sleep with me like i i don't believe you but they make it seem like she was playing some sort of move like a, a yeah you know, I, I but i don't understand what it was it had something to do with the the diamonds maybe but because she knew that very bad woman was looking for her and if she mm -hmm. maybe she slept with him she could keep him in the set yeah I, I, it never really played out before yeah. she stabbed her like a hundred times right yeah because that's what happens next mm. um the very bad woman shows up and is immediately with oso. yeah with oso and is immediately terminated oso might have been the best actor shit you think um i think he actually had the strongest presence of maybe anyone in the movie one because of his hair Two, because of the kind of weird interaction he had with the, the bell on the table where there's a very clear Nick Cage being cool the whole time. He's like very collected. You know that Nick Cage is going to kill this guy eventually somehow because at the beginning of the scene, he's asleep on the table. You don't know how he's going to do it. A very disappointing poisoning death, unfortunately. Very I thought it was going to be a little more. Yeah, it was very sneaky. It was honestly like it was not a, oh, I got you. It was like you. Hello? Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. You guys okay? What happened? Earthquake? So we were talking we about... What movie were we talking about? No. Uh, uh, we were talking about Oso and how oh, he yeah. might be the best actor in the movie. I, well, I think... I, I like Best Sanchez. character. The best character. I, yeah. Best character is a better word. Yeah. yeah. He, has the, he has the most presence, I think. Totally. Yeah, and he wanted... I had the most... I wanted to see something happen most with this character. It was... Yeah. I, I knew exactly what was going to happen and what I wanted to happen. But nonetheless, that was the most um, satisfaction I think I got was this aggressive, one-dimensional bad guy right. kind of just getting sm outsmarted really quickly and yeah. without a lot of... Um, I'd have to think too hard, which this whole movie yes. asked me a lot of me. Yes, yeah, the movie asked <laughs> me, yeah. asked you to think way more than it should. Yeah. Like way too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't reward yeah. the thinking. It's just very demanding movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like. I can't even piece together the, you know, the 
people turning on each other or whatever, but it turns into a big showdown in the hotel. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, he, he killed, or the woman in red stabs the very bad lady. Oso gets drugged by Cage. And uh, then we are back at the start with the uh, two hitmen or whomever who roll up right. and mm-hmm. kill Cage um, based on, I guess, something else that we hasn't been a part of the story yet, which is his story. He wants to tell them the story about Franco with whom he bought the hotel. And then he tells us the story, which is that he and Franco were... Uh, also assassins and yeah. uh but they turned on their employers uh when they were asked to uh ship a bunch of trafficked like underage girls and so they they let the girls go and franco adopts one of them and they go buy a hotel in Colombia and um are happily ever after until this point she becomes a mule. She becomes a drug mule, right? Yeah, with those two cops, with the two bad. With cops. the two bad cops, yes, and it's mm-hmm. all coming back together. And uh, we're also informed by the hitmen that those the trafficked girls. I think they tell him, maybe he tells them, but they they the trafficked girls that they let go were then hunted down, I don't know, killed or captured again. Mm-hmm. So their good deed was truly for nothing in this. Uh, the the Sanzel universe and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and and so basically he tells that story and then I don't know there's like a shootout there's a big shootout no. oh he he was tell he his point of tell they were like you you really think that that story is gonna make us not kill you and he's like I wasn't talking to you I was talking and then it, you know the woman in red who he fucked has been listening the whole time and she right. shoots them and there's a shootout and they win and then. Uh, Cage comes up and finds Enrico Calatano in his room, and why does he kill him? Uh, Because he was supposed to be dead in the first place. He was supposed to have been shot dead by Sanchez. Cage ordered the hit. Cage ordered the whole chain to to get going. Kill chain, yeah. Yeah, the whole kill chain, uh, which as I... Oh, because because Enrico Calatano was part of the, the girl yes. burning thing. Because he said he, nothing, and that's why he had such a bad relationship with his daughters, because after he saw those girls mm. burning to death, he couldn't see his own daughter. Right. He yeah. just couldn't do it. Which, again, it like retroactively asks us to realize <laughs> the person with whom we saw the most emotional connection at the beginning of the movie is now we have to basically rethink of him as a like evil man a bad, a bad person. but They're then all we have to guys. rethink of him mm. as being sympathetic you know when he's like i can't i love my daughter and i can't look at her after i after i did that um yeah. but and then he just gets shot anyway which again coming back to what i was talking about earlier everyone basically who was like someone made a choice in in this chain to not kill someone and then every time they got killed by someone else anyway Mm-hmm. So this is just another thing where he was supposed to have died in the, you know, in the hit at the beginning mm-hmm. and he didn't. And then Cage just kills him anyway. But then um, he breaks the cycle, supposedly, when he asks for his daughter to not be hunted down. Because at the beginning of the movie, the handler says, oh, well, then if, if it's not you, then we're going to go to Northeastern University. Right. Room 245. And he gives the very dramatic throne you know throws his phone and uh, accepts his fate but it was um 
we are we're, we had the lady or the tiger at the end. We're left with the choices: does Nick Cage call to call off the hit, or does the chain continue? Uh huh. You know, and I think, right. yeah, and um, or or is he going to go rescue the daughter and then adopt her as his own daughter, much like mm. uh, Hill Chain Two? Yeah, right. God, I hope not. Maybe two now chains. is the the time. <laughs> two chains. <laughs> two chains. Kill chain two. Starring two chains. Two furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starring two chains as Aranya. No, I. I now's a good time to tell you two that two kills. Um, two chains. <laughs> that. that <laughs> Can you imagine the storyline of Kill Chain Two? How many storylines? There'd be twice as many. The chain could be as long as we want it. It could be a damn TV series. I will tell you that uh, in t- early 2020, um, Cage was in talks with Ken Sanzel to be in another movie, but that the pandemic may have made that null and void. It's uh, uh, Ken Sanzel doesn't know by the time he was interviewed about this movie in uh, January of last year, but um, it could there could very well be a kill chain too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There you go. There you go. Um, I, I also, I'm pulling up the IMDb trivia, um, for this movie now. Cause I, I, this is an especially silly assortment of just nonsense, just nothing shit about a nonsense, <laughs> nothing movie. Um, oh, yeah, six, yeah. Si- six items. Um, yeah, th- as we said, seventh collaboration between Nick Cage and Millennium Films and the seventh time Nick Cage has played a character named John, um, the the most the, the trivia piece that most people found interesting is Nicolas Cage wanted to have a mustache instead of a beard in this movie. <laughs> I I thought the beard was pretty bad. I'll be honest, it was thick. But it's one of those it's one of those really strange times where you have a a healthy, well maintained beard that just didn't look right. Just doesn't. Know? It looks like a wig or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it a looks beard wig. too well manicured. It looks yeah, like, like yeah. that it's edged off way too cleanly. For like a Colombian flop house owner, like it was too nice of a beard. Yeah. Yeah, way too nice. It actually unnerved me. I took a note about it. I believe I wrote, yeah, I just wrote, I don't like Cage's facial hair at all. <laughs> exact note. Like like within the first minute of the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess he agreed with you. He he wanted a stash. I would the stash mm-hmm. have been better. I mean, it definitely would have made him look more like a drug dealer, I think. But are we talking like a big bushy stash or like a mm, weird? I, God, who knows? There are many. Um, you know, funny that funny that you're on this trivia thing because I was watching it on Prime, and if you sort of touch the screen or whatever, some of the things show up around. Oh, really? You. And this is the second time that prime or some sort of streaming service has ruined or <laughs> ruined has told me something about the movie i didn't expect but when i had done that it has the cast and it said nick cage aranya so i'm not <laughs> at the part i'm not at the part where i'm supposed to know he's aranya and right boom all yeah. of a sudden like there you go and like the the reveal which may have done like a, a clinking in my mind be like okay you know. yeah ambitious storytelling but in the end i'm just waiting for this reveal that i have now just you know has been i it has been revealed already well and i think that that is the main issue with having a a reveal like hinge around someone's name in something so simple in the internet age is that now everyone can just see the cast list before they see the movie on any number of like sites so yeah i've i've known that he was aranya for months i just didn't know what that i just didn't know what it meant and (laughs) then you see the movie and they 
they say Mr. Iran. I keep thinking it's Mr. Aranya. <laughs> Mr. Senor. Senor Aranya. Yes. Um, then he, yeah, but I just did not, I didn't know what the context of Aranya was. So when they said it at the beginning, I was like, oh, it's Kate. Yeah. You, you know what else? You know, it's funny that also happened in the new Suspiria, where I was like, there's something weird with that old guy. And then like, I accidentally hit it again and I saw Tilda Swinton is, I'm like, what? Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, and that was at the beginning of the movie where I knew there's something wrong with the old guy. Either way, that's the second time. Uh, one with New Suspiria and two with uh, Kill Chain, where I was told too early who that person was. was. Well, I, I like this. Just this is uh, just for anybody who likes uh, IMDb trivia, like, mm. you know, Nick Cage, mustache, beard, 11 out of 16 people found that interesting. Uh, the seventh time that Nicolas Cage has played a character named John, eight out of 20 people found that interesting. Um, the, I find that I, interesting. I, I, I love this piece because I feel like it was written by Ken Sanzel himself. This, <laughs> trivia, this trivia says, in the vein of the, quote, greatest detective noir films. It's just, that's not trivia. Yeah. Six out of 20 people found that interesting. And this last one that one out of five people found interesting is... In the 81st minute, Aranya's shotgun extracts the spent shell casings, but one hears only one shell, and the sound is clearly lighter, as if it was plastic rather than lead. What? <laughs> that should be a goof, first of all. That's a yeah. goof, not trivia. But second of all, huh. that's psycho. They're gonna, but they're also gonna sweeten no matter what sound effect it is of the shell hitting the ground. So why, why How? do you have an issue with the fact that it doesn't sound realistic? It's like they're just... They're just doing fully into who, it anyway. who submits the trivia? How how does the trivia get accepted onto the page? Is this like Wikipedia or does it have to go through some sort of approval? I, I think you can I, I I'm pretty sure you can just write whatever and then the like blank out of blank found this interesting. I think that's the the process that then there's like, actually an anonymous council, the the mm -hmm. IMDB council. Uh, and you have to uh, go through a complex series of tests to prove that you have the fortitude to post to IMDb. Um, I, I figure, yeah, I, I figure like IMDb is like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz, right. you know? Like, yeah, it might just be some weird guy with a balloon who's reading all the trivia. And, um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so we, we've talked the plot to death. Literally nobody cares um but mm -hmm. let's get into the minutia is there anything listen? else yeah <laughs> i'm um, not uh yes I, is there i, I have any stray things Should, yeah we all right lay it on it? me okay yeah so i i don't have anything else i don't think so first of all that fucking beard i already mentioned i had a huge note about that i just want to reiterate uh it's bad yeah and and the camera work was uh again it really jarring especially during the scene where the cops have the shootout in the car the whole mm -hmm. like edit the whole uh cinematography and edit of that was uh maybe feel it's, like the room was spinning while i was yeah it's a it. mess yeah it, it just i mean like when i like i said i like came to in like halfway through that film of uh, being like um oh shit miles my uh thing stopped recording hold on no it's still going sorry false okay. alarm um, all right. Uh, <laughs> I came to in the middle of that scene being like, oh, they're trying to do a shootout in the car as like, that's that's like the choice that they're making as like a, 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 a thing that should be cool, right. that I should notice that they're doing that. Um, and it may, I mean, 
I feel like the greatest, the most well done version of whatever that is, is that children of men sequence, mm. right? Which yeah. like went to, I, I remember uh, when I was in art school learning about how they did that. Um, which it was like to my baby brain, I was like, oh shit, this cost a million dollars and had like so many logistics that mm -hmm. to, to make it feel almost invisible, to give you like a sense of, like they built this whole camera rig that was in the middle of the car that would spin around and so they could do like a continuous shot. But like the, mm -hmm. the final result of it is like, um, almost invisible unless you're just you're being like oh no this is a continuous shot you know I should um, I should care and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, this is the opposite where I was like oh I'm supposed to be impressed by this but like you said it's just like a mess of uh, a mess of uh, edits and weird angles that are supposed to that don't really give you a sense of space plus they're doing the De Palma lighting so nothing is lit in an a real way which would also like give you a sense of space and instead it's just, it's just so, like a bunch of blues so and blacks and like, yeah it's like it's it's too much um it's just too much it's just too much and and it's really confusing and uh yeah and there's another thing that that they do in this movie that really drives me crazy is when they try to be when the actors try to be really gritty and serious everyone is always ends up talking like this and it's so hard to understand some like all the dudes in this movie mumble. All the men in this movie are mumbling, with the exception of Enrico at the beginning, I think. Yeah, like, you're you're right. Totally. And what's funny is like they're mumbling, and so you have to do extra work to figure out what they're saying, which only highlights how kind of like clunky and shitty the bantery dialogue is. I turned like, the captions I, on at one point because I, I actually I thought I was time. missing information because I couldn't understand yeah. them. You, you know which one? You, honestly, exactly. At the beginning, because the first hitman says something right before the story goes on, and he says, standing still for over a year, you had to know blah, blah, blah. And when he said that, I knew that that was a point of information I would need to know, but I didn't hear him because it was mumbled. And when I saw it on the subtitles, I'm like, okay, they are hunting him down because he used to be a hitman too. But it was such an important short line that was mumbled. And yeah, absolutely. The um, subtitles were 100% necessary with everyone but en Enrico, I think is his name, yeah. Yeah, and and so, yeah, you then have the effect of these actors who are stepping all over this bad dialogue, like the bad acting is like canceling out the bad dialogue or heightening it to a degree. Like, because none, there's all these like jokey moments. I wish I didn't write almost any of them down because I didn't like them. No, but I know, but the, there are moments where you can tell they're trying to get it like a kind of moment of black humor. Yeah. All, all the time. It's, it's, uh, it's but it very, totally, um, Who's, who's that guy who wrote the new Predator and wrote like uh, Shane Black? Uh, yeah, Shane Black. It's very yeah. Shane Black, but it, like Shane Black, the guy who wrote uh, Lethal Weapons. Yeah, is that a different? Yeah. Wait, Same right? Guy. Wait, I hold on, so. hold on. Maybe Shane Black didn't do the new Predator. I might no, have given, no, he did. given you misinformation. Is no, that the guy did. you're talking about? Like Last yeah. Boy Scout and yep. all the all yeah. that yeah, shit. Yeah, that okay. guy. Okay. Yeah, it's very Shane Black, but done by someone who can't do that. Um, by someone that's seen a bunch of Shane podcast. Black movies. I'd love to talk about that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have thoughts about him. He's made mm -hmm. some good stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, well, yeah, no, keep going. But yeah, they, anyway, like you said, 
people are mumbling all over the place. People are putting the emphasis on the wrong things. The director is not telling them to do differently or better. The director is probably just really excited that uh, some, went to his, this movie is getting made. <laughs> yeah, right. and uh, yeah, so everything, like you said, the the lighting, the shots are set up poorly. The lighting's bad. It's uh, not good. There's there's a thing that always sticks out to me too. Is like back in high school, I was watching a lot of movies with my friends. One of my friends ended up going to West Point, so he was learning, you know, all this stuff. And in college, he would tell me about all the movies that we used to love that he can't watch anymore because of how actors handle their weapons. Oh, and I that there are this. very very few <laughs> uh, movies that actually take the time to show an actor how guns are practically held or fired and stuff like that. And ever since then. I may have one day figured it out, but yeah, I, I it is noticeable when people are holding guns impro Im improperly or however like that. So the, the the scene inside the car where they're just shooting each other, the guy's got the gun around his head like this, trying to point in the back. <laughs> See, yeah. guns are guns are very loud, you know what I mean? And it's like yeah, it's he's sticking it right next to his ear. Practical things that even if there's this hyper stylized, choreographed kind of cool concept of a gunfight in a car, you know there is no suspension of disbelief. It is, it was never got off the ground um, yeah. in that regard. So all the gun work in that thing, which you would hope would lend itself to maybe the cartoony or romantic right. world this is yeah. in yeah. is, is it just looks dumb. Like a bunch of kids with a, with toy guns. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think that's why uh, yeah, a lot of like bad movies with gunfights in them, like they don't, they leave me totally like nothing because it all just feels like you don't get the sense of, yeah, how the gun sounds, how the gun, mm. you know, just the, the way that that actual thing in that space and how it would feel like it all feels like cops and robbers. Like you said, a movie that I feel like is extremely cartoonish with its use of guns, but that makes it work is the John Wick movies. I, maybe oh, certainly. I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but I think I think part of why though, I mean that movie is just that's a kill chain. It's just well, it's just endless killing. But is, the fight it is, it's good. Yeah, it it is it is good. Do you remember the Christian Bale movie with Gun Fu? Yeah. No. Yes, uh, it was uh, Equilibrium. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it's like in 1984, and they're all like uh, saints or something. They're like you know keeping people from thinking or loving, and they have this form of martial arts called gun fu, oh and God. they, yeah, that 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 was that's some cool invent of gunplay right there. That's tight, but that's not what happened in Kill Chain. No, no, it's it was in fact the whole back half where the the shootout where they're go going through the hotel is all just the most rote kind of like cowboy you know like oh uh, like yeah, wow. literally have hanging off. sheets drying they're going through like a, a bunch of sheets hanging <laughs> yeah. on on clothesline like that's yeah yeah I you know um and to that, that end there is one more thing I I took a huge note about I just want to bring up while we're talking yes, about please. the minutia still. Is the the kill at the end where the guy's gun backfires into his into his face? Yeah, and she and then she comes up and cuts his throat. That yeah. was brutal. That was actually kind of a cool kill. I was, I, but that was like the only good one. I I liked her in general. I thought she. I mean, she wasn't that that actress. I don't know. She wasn't given great stuff to work with, but uh, she's she definitely was, the most fleshed out female character for sure. Yeah, I I mean yeah. she she's definitely was she the like, only one. 
Well, Mrs. Uh, Bad well, or Miss Bad, oh, bad yeah, whatever. Woman bad and, woman. Yeah. yeah. Mrs. Daughter, bad, Mr. Aranya. Why do I think that they added these <laughs> Mrs. These, bad. <laughs> these titles? <laughs> Senorita Mao. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, she was good enough that I was like, I'm sorry that this is the best movie that came across your slate. You know, I hope you have like a successful career in you know if you're Colombian native or wherever you are because this. This, you deserve better than this. Same with Sanchez. Dave, I uh-huh. just want to raise a toast to all of the like working day players that are that are propping Cage up in all of these movies. You know, Honestly. there's one or two in every film where I really feel for them because I know that if they were given a better script, if they were given more time, if they were given you know, a production that wasn't only focused on getting Cage in every scene that he's in, that they really could, they're, they're good actors, they could flourish. And I feel well, that they're being cut down unfairly yeah. because of the project that they're in. And then I realized that's like 95% of acting. That's acting, yeah. <laughs> that's just acting at this, in I this mean, day it, and it age. Just, it makes me think just of uh, the fact that, you know, once again, I think like Cage is handling this part of his career at least intentionally like he's set out to do to act in movies the way at the speed and at the quality and whatever it is that he chooses and i feel way better for him compared to actors like enrico calatano or lawrence fishburne in the last movie we watched or that's uh, i did see that movie holy shit that was bad running that's with a the bad devil. one running with the devil yeah yeah lawrence fishburne was a real son of a bitch in that movie too wasn't he <laughs> Yeah, he's fun yeah. to watch in that, but it's like you're. I'm a little bit like, oh man, you. Why are you doing this? I know mm-hmm. now why Cage is doing this, but like, what brought you here? Well, so. the same thing. It's just probably the same answer for Pacino and De Niro. You know, I they they did the Righteous Kill, which I believe is also Millennium Media. There's like all these other of things course. where these incredibly talented, um, you know. Uh, yeah, people with with good histories, you know, good came from good families. Just ended but up again, uh, again though, with a title like "Righteous Kill." I feel like they're really setting us up for uh, a certain kind of movie. That I've that never seen "Righteous Kill." I imagine it doesn't deliver on that. I doubt. No, I they, did not hear it's righteous. I, they sold it as uh, as another heat. You know yeah, what I mean? Heat too. And uh, it it was. It, it felt it felt very short, but it is honestly it is it, honestly you know how things were poorly timed because of the pandemic. This was poorly timed because some of the discussions going on with police abuse. And I remember it was um, well, it, the, the very nature is it's a police who take you know becomes a vigilante and starts killing bad people that he believes he should kill. His partner thinks he shouldn't. I've never it's, seen so a it's movie like, about that. That's so cool. Yeah. There you go. So <laughs> it's a completely it's just, novel idea. I can't believe no one's written this. Before. A, a, a cop who believes that the system isn't fascistic enough and heroically takes it into his own hands to just mete out uh, punishment to anyone I mean, who. This he... right here is, you know, this mm-hmm. is every movie we've seen with Cage in it. Yeah, like. true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, we already have the Death Wish uh, movies. Like and, Jeff Goldblum's uh, first movie. Yeah. He's a, he, he's, He's a bad guy in Death Wish. Yeah, he's a rapist. He's a very, and he doesn't he's get very caught. Charles, Charles Bronson doesn't even get him. He, he gets away oh, with it. Do- Damn. Charles Bronson just goes out and starts killing random people. 
that like I like I like the Death Wish movies. They're really fucked up and and mean, but I I like them. And that first one is great because he's actually like a fucking psychopath. Like it's not he's not a hero. <laughs> he's just a bad man. Huh. I should revisit that one too. Yeah, check it out. It's it's very ugly. Um all right, I I'm afraid my phone's going to die. So let's Mine let's too. wrap it up. Um Nick, I want to know your mm-hmm. three favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Um, or, favorites or a, a hard, or, favorites a hard word. <laughs> how about favorite roles? Favorite roles. Um, mm, you know, it's funny because there are so many Nicolas Cage ones. I can tell you the ones that first come to mind that are fun and I can revisit a lot. Uh, Con Air is one of the ones that I can always watch. Same. But it's... Uh, um, I honestly can't answer that because I don't see Nick Cage as an actor anymore. I see him as Nick Cage, mm-hmm. and I would have to go back to all the movies I've ever seen of his. Like with City of Angels, is a very good example. When I rewatched City of Angels, it was a whatever movie when I saw it. But in seeing it now, in knowing what he's done with his career and where he was then, everything about it was so unusual and felt wrong. But which <laughs> is what made it fun to watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I would have to rewatch all of them again to answer that. Cause I also know he's done great movies, um, raising Arizona, leaving Las Vegas. You know, there's so many that I would like to say, honestly, I enjoy national treasure. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I don't even think I watched that on a plane. I think I've always changed the channel. Um, no, you should watch national treasure. 1000%. You need to see, you should watch it. It's one of my faves. Okay. Um, not real? because of his performance, yeah. but yeah, that the, the national treasure movies are great. I've gone Is on the Michael record. Bay? No, but it might as well be. Um, <laughs> it's better than Bay, honestly. Like I, okay. I, I will go on the record again as demanding a National Treasure three. I think it would be great. I mean, we've only got John Voight for a couple more years. We gotta yeah. get the we Ooh. gotta get the wheels moving on this yeah. one here. I, I mean, I was lo- I, I was lobbying for uh, a National Treasure three that involved Donald. My idea is that Donald Trump is actually a genius. And uh, that he's putting on a kayfabe for everybody, but he calls Nick Cage in and they have to like go to, I think we said Area 51 and like use the alien secrets. But honestly, uh, we could do that with Biden too, or do something fun with, uh, with Joe Biden, like calling, he has to, he already stole the president in the second one. So well, Biden, um, Biden mm. is actually, uh, is actually a clone of Biden made by the aliens. Right. Yes. Because and, the real oh. Biden either died or is too is too senile to be a president. So they substituted like this clone of Biden that the aliens made. Um and then that and then that ties Area fifty one into into it as well. Can we can we loop in uh Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, the Emma Emhoff or whatever? Like yeah, I she's feel actually like she, a gray alien in disguise. Yeah, she's a gray. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh she's mm. he, she's uh like yeah, a scout or something. Or maybe Kamala, like, is also alien. Kamala seems like she might be an alien. Anyway, we're getting far afield now. Um, the, <laughs> I mean, Kamala's definitely an ex-cop. She should write a script, right? Oh, shit. She could probably oh. write a better movie than this. Um, <laughs> the last thing. That's a low bar. Um, the, <laughs> the last two things is, uh, since, Nick, you did the introduction for us, I'm going to plug your shit for you, which is that Sick Fisher, great painter, great artist, um, has work 
up and around the city of Chicago and Los Angeles and I'm sure other places, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some places in between, but mostly Chicago and Los Angeles, yeah. Anyway, Sick Fisher on Instagram. Um, it's yeah, thank really you. fucking sick work. And thank you for being on this silly podcast talking about this bad movie. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for so having much, me. Nick. Thank um, you very much. Thank you. The last thing that I want from you that I will ask of you is can you give us a panther roar? Oh, that was so wow. good. <laughs> that was like a zombie panther roar. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That yeah. was great. Um, yeah. yeah, all right. So it's thank like you. Yeah. Instead of yeah. Right. That's like if <laughs> instead does. of a werewolf, uh, you were a were panther. Oh, shit. Right and, then you, and then you dated that uh, guy from True Blood. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you, guys. <laughs>